The big boppers for the Yankees carried them to the ALCS. Are the Boston Celtics still contenders without their coach, Ime Udoka? And the Padres beat an all-time Dodgers team, then got one hit. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It was the heart of the New York Yankees order that came through in Game 5. Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, and Giancarlo Stanton accounted for all five runs in a 5-1 win to send them to the ALCS. Joining me now from Locked On Yankees, Stacey Getzulius, who we have been talking to a lot over the last couple of weeks and really all season because the Yankees have been the Yankees again, which is wonderful. So this has been a tough series for Stanton and Judge, but they finally got off the schneid in game five. What, what do you think changed for them? I feel like being at home helps. I think the delay between games one and two kind of threw everyone off a little bit. And, you know, Judge did have that one home run in Cleveland that seemed to get him back a teensy bit. But, yeah, today was so much better for them. Uh, you know, it's not like the Yankees are really hitting the ball that much, so they need those three guys to do things. And especially Stanton. Stanton likes hitting in the postseason for the Yankees. He's done it so far his entire time with them. And, you know, if he's hitting like this going into Houston, the Yankees are going to be really happy. <laughs> So let's talk about that Houston series because we've spent a lot of time talking about the Yankees and the Guardians and good for the Guardians. They had a charmed season. They're a young team. They're going to be back here next season and Yankees fans are, I assume, not going to want to see them again in the postseason and especially in one of these five-game series. So Houston caught the Yankees uh, in, in the regular season and they look as, as good as we thought they could look. Uh, what do you think in terms of Yankee advantages do you see going into this series? Things that they can exploit. Justin Verlander doesn't do well against anyone but the A's in the postseason, and the Yankees have even gotten to him. I'm just saying. Um, the Yankees have been playing pretty much straight through, except for the rain out last night, but they've been playing pretty much straight through where Houston has had a break, which may benefit the Yankees because they're more on a roll. Um, and, you know, all the Yankees really need to do is split the first two in Houston, and then the middle three are at home. And if they could swing the series in their direction during those three games at home. You never know what can happen. I wanted to ask you about this because I've, I've seen a lot and, and heard a lot of discussions around the playoff format and the home games. And, and it seems like people like the three at home kind of format, but that in the, the second round, like maybe it tilts a little too far in the favor of, of the, the lower seated team, given the structure of these games. Do you think the, the format, in terms of, at least in the ALCS, the 2-3-2, but overall the playoff format rewards the higher seed enough. In some cases, it doesn't. Um, you know, you had that World Series that Houston was part of where the Nationals lost all their home games and won on the road in Houston in seven games. Yeah. And, you know, that was a very rare occurrence, but it, it could happen. And 
I still say to this day, if 2017 were reversed, no matter what Houston was doing behind the scenes, they were not playing well at Yankee Stadium. And if the Yankees had four games at Yankee Stadium, it would have been a different outcome. And and look, this is this is the the postseason, so we know anything can happen. And uh, baseball is particularly weird that way. This is not like the NBA, where the best team regularly wins, even in these series formats. So what is the thing that you're most concerned about? Because the Astros are the favorite in this that you're going, man, I don't, I don't know about this for the Yankees. Well, I'm just concerned because it's the Astros and Yankees and the Astros seem to beat the Yankees. Like the Yankees beat the twins in the playoffs. And, (laughs) you know, um, like I said, if the Yankees split the first two in Houston, Yankee fans should feel good about that because when they get back to New York, it'll be Cole and Cortez and, you know, I would put those guys up against anyone in the Houston rotation, even Justin Verlander. How much do you think you need to see an improvement in terms of a consistency from Aaron judge who has, has really been been scuffling so far in the postseason, a lot of strikeouts um, and, and is pressing a little bit. Last time we talked, I asked you um, or in the regular season, I asked you if you thought maybe like the home run chase was uh, affecting him. What are the, what do the Yankees need from him to win some of these games? Well, I think that putting Torres in the number one spot and moving Judge down to number two has helped a bit in these final two games of this division series. And I think going forward, that'll help him a little bit and take the pressure off him from being the leadoff batter. And I saw better looks from him today. You know, the uh, Cleveland's bullpen is unbelievable. And those guys are really amazing and some of their curveballs are just crazy and no one can hit them. So I wasn't that worried about judges performance today. And I feel like he's going in the right direction. And I think, you know, if he starts off game one, maybe Torres gets on base and then he hits a single, he'll be, he'll be feeling good. But I, I feel like he's heading in the right direction. Stay up to date all year on the New York Yankees by subscribing to locked on sports today and the locked on Yankees podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what is the Boston Celtics ceiling in 2022? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. Game one of the ALCS is here in the Houston Astros. Minus 181 favorites to beat the New York Yankees. Oosh. The biggest favorites of the NBA, Minnesota Timberwolves tonight, who are currently 11-point favorites over the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic are in action four-point underdogs against the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursay has publicly said he thinks there may be enough votes in order to remove Dan Snyder as owner of the Washington Commanders. 24 owners would need to vote for Snyder's removal, something that has never been done. The commanders released a statement in response saying it is highly inappropriate but not surprising that Mr. Ursay opted to make statements publicly based on falsehoods in the media. This is a big moment and we need to be paying attention to this. Deshaun Jackson is back in the NFL. 35-year-old veteran receiver signed a contract with the Baltimore Ravens to start his 15th NFL season. The expectation is that he will be called up to the active roster once he's ready. The Ravens need help at receiver with Rashad Bateman currently dealing with injury. The Denver Broncos are the latest team to be dealing with injuries at quarterback as Russell Wilson is dealing with a hamstring injury in addition to the shoulder injury he was already working through. 
trying not to make a Mr. Limited joke here, but man, it's hard. The Utah Jazz roster is going through changes, but the front office is locked in. General Manager Justin Zanuck has signed a multi-year contract extension to see through this rebuild. They're still going to be really bad this season. Here is another story you need to know. The NBA kicked off its regular season with the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers, two teams that they would they don't know drama. There's no drama with those two teams. No, no offseason storylines, nothing to talk about. A 126-117 win for the Boston Celtics. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined for 70 35 apiece. Our man John Corrales from Locked On Celtics is at the arena. He was there in the building for the game. John, this is a weird way to start the season for Boston because this should be a, a great win, but it comes with the cloud of the Ime Udoka suspension. What did you notice on the basketball court in terms of differences from last year's finals team to this version of the Boston Celtics? To be honest, I, I didn't really notice much other than, you know, Robert Williams isn't here. And that's, that's a big deal. Uh, with, without Robert Williams, the, the team wasn't quite as good defensively. Uh, they played a little bit of different style offensively. They, they certainly got out and ran a bit more. I can't say that that was a style. It's because Ime Udoka is not here. If he was in that seat, they probably would have played a similar style, maybe a couple of differences, but I think the, the stress has been from Joe Missoula that you're going to see consistency from last year. Just because Ime Udoka's gone, I mean, it doesn't mean you don't have to give back everything that he taught the team. You don't have to give back the playbook. You can still do all the same things that you did well and try to build on that. But I saw uh, a team that had uh, two stars that are growing and played extraordinarily well and ha have shown some added elements to their game and I, I saw in a lot of ways a typical Celtic Sixers game yeah Jason Tatum 12 rebounds in this game uh and and Malcolm Brogdon the new addition I want to ask you about him he had 16 points in this game on on high efficiency shooting 7 of 11 in this game what did you think he was able to provide for for that for this team tonight and is that sustainable as we move through the season yeah, I actually thought that tonight Brogdon was more of a scorer than he was in the preseason. The preseason was all about setting guys up. He hadn't been shooting well, so it was kind of nice to see him hit some shots. Uh, it, and I think he still needs to be a little bit more consistent with his jumper, but he was getting to the rim and just creating enough space where he was a threat to let other guys get their shots and, and get their opportunities to score. Uh, he's going to be a huge element to this Celtics team. We've we've seen uh, often it, so far, Celtics second quarters have been generally pretty good. The Celtics have built leads in second quarters when Brogdon's been on the floor. So he's he's going to be a huge element when when this team is is a little bit more cohesive and when they go through a few more of these these big tests early on in this season. I think you're going to see. Uh, a group that that really plays well off of each other. And Brogdon is going to be one of the key reasons for that. This is a game of Eastern Conference contenders. So let me pan out uh, as, as we finish up. James Harden, 35, 8, and 7. Joel Embiid, 26 and 15. Tyrese Maxey adds 21 points in this game. And we expect the Sixers to be in the mix as well. Yeah. Having seen both these teams now, 
Um, I, I mean, I sure, I assume this hasn't changed your opinion on anything that was going to happen in the Eastern conference, but, um, as you look out at the East, it seems like these are going to be two of the teams that are out there. How do you handicap the East right now? Yeah. I mean, look, Philly, Philly has a lot to figure out and, and they, I think didn't play as well as they, they could have. When you think about all of the, the additions that they made, they could have gotten more from Montrez Harrell and D'Anthony Melton and P.J. Tucker. This game was very heavy on the uh, James Harden, uh, Joel Embiid pick and rolls, which when you get everyone else there up to speed, that's going to be a little bit scary. Uh, and I was having a conversation with some people before the game, and the question was how good are the Sixers going to be now versus how good are they going to be at the end of the season? I think they're a team that as long as Joel Embiid stays healthy and James Harden stays healthy, that as they work more of these pieces in, they're going to be right there. Uh, they're they're a really good team. And what we saw on the floor in this game between both teams is not going to be what we're going to see when the playoffs come around. And the Sixers are going to be right up there at the top of the standings. The Celtics will be. I expect Milwaukee to be so far. Uh, after a one-game sample size, I'm willing to say that things that are going to go kind of as we expected, um, provided that the, the the general health stays where you want it to be. Bold proclamations for John Corrales after one game. That's we what I'm here for, the hot takes like that. Stay up to date all postseason on the Boston Celtics by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Celtics podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up. The San Diego Padres pulled off a massive upset beating the L.A. Dodgers in the NLDS. It did not carry over to Game 1 against the Phillies in the NLCS. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. The cookie dough chunk puff takes the Built Bar to a whole new level. 160 calories with 15 grams of protein and they taste like, well, like frankly, they have a lot more calories in them than that. But they don't. That's the beauty of it. Collagen protein in a protein-infused marshmallow. Come on. A protein-infused marshmallow. Who thinks of these things? That is like high-level Willy Wonka stuff. That's crazy. And yet, it's got all of the nutrients you would expect from any protein bar that you would want to eat. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15. The San Diego Padres vanquished one of the greatest regular season teams we have ever seen in a rivalry spot beating the L.A. Dodgers. Then in game one of the NLCS, they get one hit by the Phillies and lose 2 nothing. Not exactly the same thing. Joining me now from Locked on Padres, Javier Reyes. And Javier, to what degree do you owe... Just a letdown spot after what we saw over the weekend transpire to having this Padres team, which has plenty of pop in that lineup, come out and just kind of lay an egg. Yeah, I mean, it's the if there's ever such thing as just a hangover game, I think this is that. I mean, you have Will Myers of the Padres spending like $1,400 buying everybody drinks at the bar on Saturday, <laughs> which is great. And I approve. Shout out to Myers. That's an example of why Padres fans love him, even when he struggles. But I think they came out flat, and it was unfortunate. First NLCS game that they've played since 98, uh, which was a great team. Had lots of great players on it with Kemenetti and whatnot. But they came out flat. A lot of first pitch swings. 
that ended up being outs. And I think that was the big thing. And don't get me wrong, Zach Wheeler is great. I don't want to do the thing where I harp on how awful the offense was. Zach Wheeler is a great pitcher, right? And this is a very good Phillies team. And they won in very Phillies fashion, uh, despite their poor defense that almost made a, a, a giant appearance at the end. And just two solo shots from Kyle Schwarber and then Bryce Harper, the two big home run hitters. So it kind of went by the numbers. It's just that the Padres couldn't quite get their offense going, which was unfortunate, but I'm willing to chalk it up to just a game one hangover. Yeah. Only four total hits in this game. So it wasn't exactly like this was full of fireworks and, and the Phillies uh, were just, you know, like blowing the doors off the Padres. I don't want to make it seem like that either. So moving forward, you mentioned you're willing to just chalk this up to game one. What happened with the Dodgers over the weekend? A lot of guys, maybe both literally and metaphorically hung over for this game. <laughs> so what do you think is most likely to change? Because again, you Darvish, seven, seven innings, three hits, two runs. Like that's a really good pitching performance. They need this lineup to come through, but they've got the guy. So what do you think uh, is, is going to be the spark for them moving forward? Spark for them moving forward. I want to see what they do with their lineup a little bit. I want to see if josh bell maybe is asked to sit they might even bring in jorge alfaro who padres fans are familiar with being just a a meme lord a legend in san diego i mean he has five game winning hits which is like the most any padres player has ever had so it's possible he may see some time at dh they're not going to move austin off the catching spot because he's been doing well and i think guys like to pitch for him and then just moving things around maybe brandon jury gets some looks top of lineup should remain the same with profar soto uh and manny but I'm I'm curious because Bob Melvin is certainly someone who has clearly shown he knows how to manage the roster. So that's why I'd look forward to for game two. And Aaron Nola, very big strikeout pitcher, but not quite as good as Zach Wheeler. And maybe last year's Aaron Nola will make an appearance. And when that happens, he usually can walk guys. And yes, he'll get the Ks, but he gives up some really hard hit balls sometimes. So hopefully that happens for game two and they can win it for the good folks in San Diego. But yeah, that's the biggest thing I'm watching out for. want to see if they change the lineup a little bit because a lot of their heavy hitters have not been doing that. How much do you think the, the home road thing matters here? Because you, you lose a game, um, you know, in your home stadium, you, you don't really want to go to Philly um, where, where they're going to play three of these games um, down. Oh, two that, that puts you in a really big hole. So to what degree do you think that this, this home field advantage thing really is, is vital to making sure the Padres grab game two. Yeah, it's it's huge, right? And I mean, I wouldn't want to go to Philly myself if if I was wearing a Minnesota Timberwolves jersey. I wouldn't want to go to Philly. Like those people are insane. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to get killed out here. Right? They might even hate my Mario shirt that I'm wearing right now. Who knows? But I'd say no. You're 100 right. And I know that in this new era and more information that we have, we question how much home field advantage matters because. We literally just saw last round, right? Both the Braves and the Dodgers lost. So how much does it matter totally? I don't know. That's not for me to decide. But yeah, being down 0-2, going to Philly, that fan base is riled up. Whenever Philadelphia, I will give them credit, whenever they're good, oh boy, it is absolutely just a, an electric, electric crowd. And you saw that over the weekend. So definitely don't want to do that, right? You definitely don't want to go down 0-2. So tomorrow, I don't want to call anything a must win, but it would be a bad situation because I don't know how the Padres... You just want to be back in front of your home crowd, right? You've seen top five and fan attendance and all this stuff. You just you just want to come back, and that would be really great, right? So it's going to be tough, though, because especially if they come back to San Diego, probably means they'll have some of the back end of the rotation going. Mike Clevenger, Sean Manaya, guys who are 
not that great. So it's it's a tough game one loss, but it has to be reiterated. That's just game one. UFC president Dana White has announced his latest business venture, slap fighting. The Power Slap League is now a licensed athletic competition in Nevada that will pit two competitors in a contest where they simply slap each other across the face until one of them cannot continue or until they reach a scorer's decision, just like boxing or MMA. No word if they will use tortillas. They won't. <laughs> Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, the Yankees and Astros face off in game one of the ALCS. Who has the advantage in that one? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.